Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call. We've got a awesome episode here for you this morning about arrogance and how arrogance can possibly sometimes turn into a camouflage towards, you guessed it, insecurity. And we know we talk a lot about that, especially on this episode, we talk a lot about Amher's insecurity originally about posting anything on social media, anything portraying him the way he did not want to be portrayed and was very, very cognizant and aware of that. And as we dig deeper into all of that for myself and John, we have a really great conversation about what arrogance can actually conceal. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this special episode of the Weekly Call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Call. We've got John out in Kelowna, BC. How are you tonight, John? Oh, you start with me first, okay. Up with Tokes. I am doing good. I had a really solid week of bookings. Production is going smooth and had a really relaxing weekend. I'm reading some fantastic books. Life's good. Good stuff. Amber, how are you out in uh, Etobicoke, Ontario? Doing really good, man. Doing really good. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast right now, make sure you're sitting on the edge of your seat because we have an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Almost a year ago, we were looking for a social media manager, as well as a co-producer <laughs> of this podcast. And we, we filled that role with the amazing Larson Lorenz. And we've been working with him pretty closely for almost, I think, 11 months. And as you know, we're broke as a podcast, so we can only trade through knowledge and experience. And um, we're at, Larson has actually gone to do some incredible things and his his goals have shifted, and so uh, we're, we're we're actually excited to say that that role is now opening up. Okay, so if you're right now and you're sitting down on your seat, here's what this means for you. There's now an opportunity to work closely on a weekly basis with myself, Austin, and John Morgan once a week to be able to learn some new skills in managing the social media as well as the producing side of the podcast. If you ever thought about running a Instagram page for your business, if you ever thought about running your own podcast, this is the opportunity. And if you happen to also run your own business, there's an opportunity to get mentorship. So before I talk more about this, I actually just wanted to bring Larson because I'm curious. I don't even know what he's going to say. And uh, Austin, if you can just unmute Larson there. Um, Larson has wrote down a couple of things. I asked him, to write a couple of things that he's gotten over the past 11 months. So the way we do it is we like to give coaching for around 30 minutes before each of our podcasts to the people that we help that help us produce this podcast. And Larson has been one of them. So uh, Larson, 
if, if you can, I would love for you to share what have you gotten from this role and from the coaching that you received from all three of us for the past 11 months? Yeah, well, I'd say in the beginning, um, it started out with a lot of personal stuff, just, you know, sorting things out in my life because I was just coming out of school. Um, I landed a job but couldn't start yet because of COVID. So uh, the first little bit was just a lot of personal talk and, and getting your feedback on things going on in life. And then after that, when I actually started work, um, kind of just got into more like organizational stuff and just just bouncing ideas off of you guys. And especially with Ammer, like learning how he does his marketing, that got me really interested in uh, pursuing something like that myself. And I recently gotten somebody to do some marketing for me, kind of like what Ammer's doing with his business. And uh, yeah, th like the main thing though, is just that it gave me an outlet to have my own weekly call when I didn't have one yet. Cause I could come on talk to you guys, share what's going on in life. Um, and hear what you guys are going through at the same time because there's some stuff before the podcast that you don't you don't always get on it um, yeah and then you know now I've I'm just kind of I've got my own weekly call with people that I work with and as Amber said my goals have shifted a little bit and I'm just you know looking to pass this on to the next person so amazing and are you open to to mentor this new person to actually help them through the next couple of weeks in taking on this role and gaining these new skill sets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a learning process, uh, kind of dialing in how to do things efficiently and learning the right programs to use for making the social media posts and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm totally, totally happy to help the next person. And, and compared to where you were last year to where you are now, how big of a difference have you seen over the past 11 months? On your personal journey well we talked a little bit about this last week like when i started talking to you guys i i was technically unemployed um that didn't i wasn't working yet right and then now um you know just hired the marketing firm to do marketing for me and i'm i'm steadily uh, getting clients every week and i'm doing really well so so you yeah. said you were unemployed if you don't mind me asking last month how much in <laughs> revenue have you have you produced just last month not profit just revenue well revenue is profited there's no there's no fees really for me so uh last month i made more than i did my whole year running my first student works business which was uh like 20 grand incredible so look if you're listening right now and and you're wondering if this is the opportunity i think larson has said it best you're going to be working with myself larson john and austin closely on a weekly basis if you're looking to see what it takes to run a successful podcast learn what it takes to run a successful social media instagram page as well as be a part of the weekly call itself and get parts of the of the podcast all three of our attention just for you and your business and what you're up to this is the opportunity so um that's that Amazing. So thank you, Larson. And, uh, and yeah, so I want to get that out the way because I'm pretty excited about this. That's like kind of what's, what's going on, um, yeah. with, with this and I'm excited with this podcast. I think I'm looking back at like episode four versus one Oh four. And it's like, uh, it's pretty cool how far we've come boys. Right. So, um, it's, uh, it's, it's been a heck of an experience and I can't wait to start, start new ones. But speaking of the podcast, he asked me how my week is going. Fortunately, my week did not start on a good note, and I'll explain. Ooh. 
So one of my favorite uh, Whack versus Wise episodes was with Justin and Broder. And we yes. reviewed the amazing rapper Little Loaded. With he was pointing guns at a cameraman, and, <laughs> and we ended up finding out that he he killed a cameraman of his by accident, and was sent to you know Austin, Texas prison at a half a million dollar bail bond. Well, on Monday, while Little Loaded was in prison, he found out that his girlfriend cheated on him, and in a spur of events on Monday, Little Loaded took his own life. And shot himself um, in his mom's house. So it was, um, yeah. Wow. I was, I was, I don't know. That kind of shook me up because I really like his music. But then it's, uh, I, I, I tried to see what is there to take away from this because you know we we have work whack versus wise for a reason. It's 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 mostly it's mostly satirical. It's humorous, and most of the time we just want to show a contrast of what you can consume. Uh, the different types of content but at the end of the day it's like you are the product of what you consume and what you feed yourself in so um because of that experience i really looked at my own life i'm saying okay what am i consuming constantly you know what is that first thought that enters my head in the morning is it positive or is it negative and usually it's pretty neutral or negative and well why is that well it's because right when you wake up in the morning you're kind of automatic mode and your brain just goes for the whatever is closest. And for me, what happened to be closest was not really positive. So I actually made an investment for Audible. I got Audible and started listening to audiobooks. And that's when I started listening to uh, Good Versus Great by Jim Collins. I first was reading it, then I was like, oh, you know what? I'll just get the, the audiobook. It's way faster. And man, like a, an audiobook is like eight, nine hours. And I'm like, F- you can fly through that in like three days. I couldn't believe I can read ten books in a month. So uh, that was that was pretty pretty amazing, and started redoing some of my mindset stuff. But uh, yeah, I usually wouldn't bring this up, but because it's so ingrained in uh, in this podcast, and we've made the joke multiple times about the the guy, you know, it just kind of broke my heart. So, but um, how old yeah. was Little Loaded? I think he's twenty. I think he was 20 for me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, 20 years young. Born 2000. Yeah, he died last Monday. Yeah, this Monday. Yeah. It seems yeah. like the, like, I remember when I was in high school, there was another rapper, and Amr, you might even know who this is because you seem to know the names a bit more, but uh, he was pretty popular, and I think his name was, no, I'm not even going to try. Either way, he... Uh, was playing someone in a game of like NBA 2K and there was like an altercation over the results of the game and he got shot and killed. I think his name was Little Dirk. Oh, no. I think Little Dirk is alive. Is he? Um, oh, no. Like that was... Yeah, yeah, Little Dirk. Little Dirk's brother has been, has been killed, but... Um... Anyways, yeah. But point being, it seems like that whole industry, like, for example, how many painters do you know have been shot in the last, I don't know, like two years? Ammer? Any? A- painters? Yeah. Do you know any painters, anyone in the painting industry that was shot recently? No? <laughs> no, I well, don't. Well, I, I don't I, know how many painters no, asking, get public you know attention. No, zero. Yeah, okay. Like, me neither. And no, like, but we, hold on a second. No, no, hold on. Ammer, we know thousands and thousands of painters across the country. 
just naturally. I guess, that, I guess that's overboard. true. I guess that's a question yeah. for Chris Thompson if he knows. Yeah. So you know. personally, I don't know any. It's just it seems like the industry risk, right? You know, like uh, where no, but hold on. I mean, whereas I was listening to uh, like a, an audio book about the BC logging industry and BC loggers, you know it's a high risk operation i mean you know it from is. the 1800s into the 1900s like there was you know they're dying all the time it was you know it was a very risky operation right so it just seems like one of the you know it's a workplace hazard in, in the rap game that you're probably gonna go to prison for life or you know your friend's gonna kill you you're gonna kill your friend and you're gonna you know whatever you know it just seems like uh, you're gonna get fucked up with drugs like it just seems like that whole you know you, you, you are yeah, so it's like you are who you surround yourself with, and it seems like that whole industry, uh, you know, has some demons they need to, you know, work out. Yeah, Austin, do you remember in January training? And I don't know if you had this, John, but uh, they always uh, they ask you this quiz every every January, and I always forget the answer. But it's like from those three things, which do you think is most important to somebody's success? I'm gonna oh, butcher this. Oh, environment, skill set, and uh, mindset mindset so john what, what do you think is the most important no 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 the question is yeah what's the, question? What's the wording of this the wording of this is going to be really important yeah so yeah yeah but austin so it's just like if you took somebody who was highly successful in running a business that you're trying to run let's say so this is like a cookie cutter template question it doesn't really matter about the business per se um and you were to allot percentages to three of these things what, how would out you of 100. Kind of di- out of 100, how would you divvy up this, these percentages? So there's skill set, mindset, environment. Can I, can I give an answer that's like consequential? As in like your mindset can determine your environment and then, you know, if you combine those two together, it's going to value well, your skill set? Is that kind of the answer or? Mm, no. Because well, like, that's not if, how if I've I was heard give, it, but I If I, I was to give wrong. like a straight, like if I, if I, like essentially what you're asking is if I had to... Um, place a waiting on like if, if, if i had a shitty yes. environment shitty skill set you know which one i would want it i would um uh, do you have a like when, I, mean, I don't want to overthink it too much but i mean in, environment like simply like as in like like you're like who you live with like your friends and family that kind of stuff who you surround yourself by yeah yeah And like maybe I guess like living situation is technically environment. I'd go 60, 30, 10. So 60% environment, 30% mindset, and 10% skill. Hmm. Emmer, do you remember what the percentages were, the correct answers? Wow, I mean, not that there's any. Sorry, that correct there's, yeah. with a huge yeah. asterisk. I remember 70 was environment. I was thinking 70, 20, 10, but I was like, mm, I don't know, though. I mean, that's a bit aggressive. But yeah, 60, 30, 10, or 60, 30, 10, 70, 20, 10, somewhere in there. Yeah. I actually, like, and, and I haven't, I actually, this has been so long ago, but I Wait, remember. You don't know being, the answer? Come on. Why are you, why, because I don't am, or why would I know like the a, answer? Because you're a district manager. Or... You've been hundreds of these January trainings. I've been to. F- three or four and they're on one okay slide. but point being yeah. though i mean the general gist of it though like according to this this answer like that, that's it's mostly environment though. the answer it's is environment. mostly environment it's environment mindset scale right that's kind of yes yeah yeah i yeah. kind of have you know this why? memory of it being i'm really not that skillful that's and that's this that's like just based on my own success i'll tell you this so my skill didn't even really get that much better from like 
you know, and the reason why I know my skill didn't get that much better is because this year I actually did improve my skill. And now I'm realizing, oh my God, I was mm. so not, All right? Because like a closing. lot of my systems, yeah, a lot of my systems weren't really that much better. So my skill set from like year one to year five, you know, it got better, but it wasn't like anything crazy, right? Um, my mindset was, you know, amazing. But like, I had a good mindset before I had a good environment though. And I didn't have the success. But then when my environment changed in like year three, yeah, right? And then when my environment really improved was when I, you know, when Trish and I started dating and that's when my success skyrocketed. And that's like when we, you know, we started wow. living together and I, you know, I, I, you know, I cut ties with those friends. I stopped, I stopped hanging out with a lot of different people. I started, you know, so I would just from a personal sample size, my environment has, has brought most of my success. Then I'd say my mindset with the stoicism and then my skill set. I mean, there were so many things that I was so lackluster on and still am, and I'm still getting by. Like, there's, I'm so not skillful in some things. So, yo, I actually have a question to you about that. Um, you cut off all these friends, okay, to better yourself. What, what would you do if you, like, overhear, like, whispers or gossip in the mill, so to say, um, about... By the way, uh, Austin, if you can just mute your mic, not the audio. Um, but what, what would you do if you heard, like gossip from the mail saying oh oh john oh john morgan oh he switched up you know he switched up he left us behind he thinks he's better than us like what would you say to that how would they possibly know what was going on in my head they don't they don't yeah so then why would you place any sort of weight on 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 a rumor and Mm. i don't feel the need to even respond to that yeah that's what that's what i would be my response that's great because I, I get mean, caught but, up in yeah. that stuff, man. That's my, that's one of my weaknesses, dude. It's just yeah. Like, when even, you know, why why does it bother you? Um, because you know my overall need to be liked by everybody, just to, like. If someone if someone said that, like if someone was like, "Oh, John thinks he's better than us," I would say hmm, that's really curious because I don't like you know I don't really see why that would be the case. Like, like do you think that? Like, do you think that I'm better than you? Because, like, I, I certainly don't necessarily think so. That's true, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I, I, where's that even coming from? Like, what? Like, have you asked me questions? Like, have you spoken to me? Like, because what of what my actions have indicated that I think I'm better than you? Yeah. Right? I like, actually we've think... Ceased to be, we've ceased to be friends? Right? If anything, if anything, you you probably think that you're better than me because you, you think that I'm my life would be better off if I was friends with you. Like, that's Ooh, kind of arrogant, isn't it? That's very nice. That was very right? nice. Right? Like, if anything, I'm saying that, that, that we're both going to be better off if we're not friends. So I'm, I'm actually, if anything, I'm almost saying that there's, there's you know, I, like, like, I might be the problem here, right? So, you know, I, it just, it's, it's kind of a ridiculous statement when someone says that. He thinks he's better than us, right? Now, on the other hand, Ammer, do you think that you're better than those people? Because that might actually be the case. No, no, not at all. Right, I think you I, might actually be somewhat arrogant. I mean, that's quite possible, right? I mean, you know, not to, not to call you out, but I mean, the guy that posts a photo with a Lamborghini might have some of that, you know, some of that vibe. Yeah, that's fair play. Like it's not on, on the surface, right? on on the surface, it may seem that way, but like yeah. that wasn't the intention of that. By the way, I never, anyways. I didn't no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm merely, but I'm merely pointing fair. out though that it's, 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 I, I like, if you, if someone told me that you thought, um, if one of your previous friends had said, oh, Ammer thought that he was way better than us, right? Like, would that be, like, would that be out of question? Because, like, when I was, you know, 
when I was when I was cutting ties, I do think that there was a, a certain level of arrogance at the time, like that that I that I did actually feel that way in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. And it and 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 I think that you know I think that I I definitely ruffled some feathers, and I think that there was some ego attached to me cutting ties, as in you know I think I did actually think I was better than them at the time, at least. Yeah. My, I have to meditate on it, but from my initial conclusion, which I think is pretty accurate, is I really don't think I'm better than anybody. If anything, I think I'm pretty equal, just maybe a bit luckier than most. Not at all. With, like you don't think you're hmm? better than anyone? Well, I, of course, I think I'm better. You know, I'm better than you at table tennis. I know that, right? But you won well, that one game. Result, result. Well, two. <laughs> Results would results would uh, I know would speak it's, otherwise, it's, but it's a tease. I do think I'm better than other people at certain things, but that doesn't make me a better person overall. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. that is what I think. I think I'm better at my friends at accumulating income, but my friends are better at like socializing and having fun, and I get to learn from them. That doesn't make me a better person. Yeah, I would. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it depends Just on how you find strength. a better person. Like I don't, I, I don't think that if 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 I think if I was to, like I don't think that I'm being unfair in saying that, that um, like here's here's a better way of putting it. The reason why that I that I've that because at the time I remember having a pretty pretty, you know, in hindsight a pretty ri- ridiculous conversation with with the friend with, with my friends and you know I kind of look back at it and I'm like mm, wasn't really, really my brightest moments but one of the things that's kind of you know allowed me to come full circle on and realize that no, I, you know, I wasn't really better is because it wasn't that I came to the realization that I was better. Therefore I should cut off ties. It was, I came to the realization that we all could have been better and I wanted to, and they didn't. Mm -hmm. And that's why I felt I should have cut that. And that's what I felt like cut ties because because I could see here's where we are now. Here's where I want to be. And they didn't want to go down that path. And I shouldn't even say better. I, I saw results that I wanted in life that were different than the ones we were, deri- you know, that we were getting. And I could see the path we were going down. I could see those results and I could see the different, you know, and it's just a difference of opinion of how we wanted to live our lives, right? And, you know, it's, it's hard to say whether one was better or not. Financially, certainly my path has been significantly better. From a friend standpoint, it's hard to say, right? And, and you can you can argue all these different things about you know who's happier i mean you know it's uh i have a hard time believing that that the path they went down has has generated more happiness for them i really do i'm a very you know i'm a pretty damn happy individual right and i just have a hard time believing that duis and drugs and you know backstabbing friends and you know egotistical you know decisions and you know just like cultivating all of the you know dark sides of our characters and you know, living in the moment, I just, I have a hard time believing that, that, you know, because if I, if I actually did think that was going to drive more happiness, I think I would have stuck down that path, right? I think that we were unhappy. I think a lot of us were actually suffering from, you know, like self-induced depression. And we were all like wanting to like, not admit that to one another. Like, it was like almost like a, Mm. like a, like a little pact of like, hey, let's not tell, let's not actually talk about the fact that none of us are happy in this situation, right? Makes sense. But why would, why, why did you ask me that arrogance question? Like um, about well, because uh, the reason why I asked you is, uh, do I come well, off one, as arrogant? How well, I, I could I could definitely see why some people would think that you that you could come off as arrogant, like without in the same way that I think that 
like without no, really knowing someone, I could I could see that, right? I mean, you're a young guy who uh, has deep, you know, deep knowledge in, in a pretty wide array of things. And you definitely have a very strong opinion and you tend to think that your opinion is certainly uh, true. Which opinion? And you're very, con- you, have, you have a strong conviction in, in, the, in, 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 your, in your beliefs. And so like, that can come off as arrogant to some people, but like, but, oh, that makes but sense. It's, it, yeah, but I, I don't know if that's, that, that's how I define arrogance just because someone has a strong conviction, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but I could see that there's a, there's a certain demographic of people that would definitely think that, you know, that's, that that's arrogance when in reality, I, I think that it's, it's, I don't think it is, but I could definitely see that. Right. Yeah. One of my, I, when I went uh, back home, um, a couple of days ago, I realized I saw my old 2019 board. So what we do out here out east is we have a board where you write down your goals and that you break through. And one of my goals was literally what you're talking about is me trying, like I had an overwhelming fear about posting posting anything on social media. Austin, do you remember this? I think uh, I, shared, I shared it with you. That yeah. was my, one of the biggest goals I wanted to achieve when I, when I did, when it was my last year in StudentWorks is how can I overcome my fear on social media? Mm-hmm. Because I felt like, the last thing I want is to be misinterpreted. And I actually like, it's so funny because that's like one thing that I hate about, um, what, one of the things that I, one quality in a person that I don't really like is arrogance. And the last thing I want is somebody to misunderstand me as arrogant, right? And it's these things that I've always tried to to avoid. So um, I guess at the end of the day, you just can't, I don't know, it's like... Uh, well, like, okay, like, just I, just so I we're not, just so we don't get too lost in, in this. So having or revealing an exaggerated sense of one's own importance or abilities. So, like, a good example of this is like, you know, um, like when you thought that you were going to do a million dollars in your business, but like you had just such a strong conviction. Yeah, is that, that optimism? Ex- well, kind of, maybe. I mean, but I'm, but all I'm saying is yeah. having an exaggerated sense of one's abilities is arrogance, and and that was a really arrogant thing. But like, not like in a necessarily in a bad way or anything. Yeah, yeah. But, I, like, I but that, that I mean, bad. by the classic definition of arrogance, I mean, yeah. I mean, I definitely think that, you know, that's mm. that was definitely like an arrogant moment, right? Like, the same way that like sometimes I might yell at my girlfriend, and, and I'm like, holy shit, I don't know what the fuck happened there. Like, I apologize. Like, I just kind of let that yeah. slip, right? So that was definitely like an arrogant moment, right? And I think that we all have those moments. And to me, it was it was of no surprise that you know your arrogance was highest when coming off of Tony Robbins because Tony oh, yeah, Robbins. True. No, I was in, in the hotel emotion- room when we yeah, had that no, call. Yeah, but Tony <laughs> Robbins puts you in an emotional state, and like you couldn't like it, like if anyone had any propensity for arrogance, it would be heightened to its fucking max right after tony robbins so like the yeah, fact that you funny. had a reasonably I wasn't arrogant moment right after tony robbins doesn't surprise me it's like i don't the same way that like if i had a friend who got super drunk and they like fell over i'd be like yeah that's what fucking drunk people do right like mm, if you I go see. to a you know environment like i was so arrogant after 10x growth conference right like it's just oh, that's why i okay, kind of stay yeah. away from that whole industry as a whole because i don't i don't believe that it's actually value i think that it's you know and arrogance is intoxicating, right? Because having because you you kind of tend to think that you're tough, you know, top shit, right? And you know, and yeah. What I was, um, I just started googling quotes about arrogance just to kind of maybe try and get a better understanding of it. And I think this one ties in perfectly with what you were saying about the, um, 
your fear of social media originally, Ammer, and how Dude, maybe yeah. that I remember can be telling mixed Chris, in with arrogance. I hate posting on social media because I can be so misunderstood. Like that Lamborghini post was to get referrals to so, Studentworks. So that was the whole point, to be clickbaity. Anyways, yeah, go ahead. So arrogance is the camouflage of insecurity. Now, and that was by Tim Fargo. Um, and I think it's worth picking apart here because... I don't think you're necessarily an insecure person, but I think that <laughs> if you're just worried like about up the biggest can of worms, that he, like, I think that's fine. Hold on, I actually don't. No, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm I know that, but I think that if yeah, you're yeah. saying that you worry about what people think about you on social media, period. I I used I think to. I would no, sorry, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. used to because yeah. I know you you've you've made more than overcome that with what you're doing. Remember with my TikTok. You know how crazy Yo, low key. I think TikTok this is going to be fire. a really interesting okay. conversation. Doesn't matter what John all says. Meditate here. If we all meditate here. If we all meditate, present. should we meditate for two minutes? No, 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 no. What I mean by meditate is if we all just kind of let this conversation ride out, I think this is actually going to be a really interesting and helpful conversation, especially if we all just like just treat it as it is. So, yeah, like, continue on, uh, Austin. What? Okay, anyways. Um,. So I think that yeah, if, if you're saying that you're you were concerned about what people think about you on social media, I would see that as being insecure about what people think about hundred percent social media. 100%. Yeah, especially so. Hold Amber, on. So, well, I was gonna piggyback on that. I wasn't. I'm not trying to like steal your moment here. Uh, Amber, just well, Austin, like to back up your point is, uh, Amber, one of the reasons why you said you wanted to buy the i8 and and, and oh, remember yeah, that dude. time was because you, you had never been the cool guy. I've never cool. been the cool guy. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know. But now all of a sudden you have the Lamborghini. You're the cool guy, right? So there was some insecurity mm. there potentially. So now you're exaggerating. Not potentially, one hundred percent. Okay, well there you go. So anyway, Austin. Well, I I just think it's worth picking apart because there was no real link before between arrogance and insecurity. Because the, if anything, they're oh, more they're more oppositional in, in by definition, right? But arrogance can kind of mm. have like this this. This like, well, I, like the quote says, a camouflaging effect over what you're insecure about. So arrogance can be a short-term solution for acute or specific insecurity. I'm not trying to psycho, uh, psychoanalyze you too much here. I'm just kind of maybe trying to retroactively. I did learn this word two weeks ago. Okay. It's called uh, maladaptive behavior. It's any behavior that a person picks up in reaction yeah. of something that happened, right? So remember I told you guys when I was a kid, I was like bullied, right? And then yeah. my maladaptive behavior was like to like not trust people and that yeah. hurt my business. So there's probably somewhere, um, well, actually not somewhere. There's a moment where, you know, something happened and then my maladaptive behavior was maybe... Um, to react in an arrogant manner, right? So, yeah, I guess that's I guess that's. But true, that's right? so. Just to touch on that, Ammer, because all three of us have done landmark. I see uh, maladaptive behavior as being one's Strong winning sword. formula. Your winning formula. Yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. No, no, I know, I know. But no, but I just kind of clicked for me. I wasn't trying to say like I had discovered that earlier. Like that just really made sense to me because a behavior that you developed in order to shield or succeed in a very interesting situation that's of course particular to you is your winning formula and your maladaptive yeah, behavior. But- like mine is the ability. Mine is the um, my maladaptive behavior is just winning the conversation or being right. <laughs> yeah, I could really see that. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, John, hold on. What, what about yourself? <laughs> no, I don't Call yourself up like, for a second. I was yeah. like, as no, you were speaking, I, I, bet I was that thinking, it's I was like, what would, what would Austin's be? And, I, and, and what, what instantly, like, just gut reaction was uh, being the smartest guy in the room, which I think is similar to what you just said. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And if I were to dig deep into my bag of, well, and again, another exercise with Landmark is like X, Y, and Z, right? Like the three events of your life that determined that winning formula. Oh, yes. It was very, very, it was very uh, peaceful, actually, to sit through a full day of this introspective training and actually Mm. find out what three events that happened in my life that actually made that winning formula be something that I, my default setting, you know? Yeah. Do you know what they are? Just if you, I mean, if you wouldn't mind sharing, or even just one of them. Yeah. So, um, well, one of I think the I think this is the middle life one, the why, because it's it's essentially something that happened when you were a child, an early memory, an adolescent memory, and then an adult memory. It loosely defined. And maybe I'm not doing a great job here, but the middle one here, the the adolescent one, was my dad has a frontal lobe brain injury and. Yeah, that can show up very, very weirdly in conversations, right? Because you just have a for him in particular, he doesn't really have a filter when he's talking, nor does he have the ability to prioritize anything. And when I mean anything, I mean, literally anything like spending money on a new TV versus food to eat, right? Like no ability. There's no part of his cognition that just values one over the other. So and, and what it was what it was like growing up with a father like that is a lot of other as we're growing up, we're all adolescent males. Like my dad would say some pretty funny offside and, and sometimes inappropriate shit. And in order to feel like, in, in like my, my maladaptive behavior, there was just explaining why it made sense because it would get us in trouble sometimes. Like he would, he <laughs> would, he would get us like, yeah, like his behavior sometimes would get me like not included in like certain sports teams because coaches wouldn't want to have to deal with my dad right Mm -hmm. like so so and then all and then also just having to explain that to people as though it's just i guess it would be defending it in a way but it's being right yeah 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 it's making the and it's not just about like and i had a really hard time with just especially if someone's critical of you yeah yeah and so i had a really hard time accepting that and because i couldn't accept it i needed to be right and they needed to be wrong for that behavior right so Mm, for their decision to exclude me yeah so it's like deeply rooted like that and um i can't remember the two others off the top of my head but i have them written down from when i did the forum but nonetheless i mean it's just like stuff like that that when your your brain is maturing you're growing i was probably like 12 or 13 at the time right and uh, you know that's probably what led me into wanting to study psychology too like after having completed a psychology degree i'm like i i probably would have done something else if I didn't have and, and I have gone on to do other things in academia but the same time it was like I wanted to be I wanted to continue to develop my education around allowing myself to be right and like I always have in my life with regards to justifying my, my dad's condition right so it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see how deeply rooted those choices i, I can't wait can be. for for like the all the restrictions to lift up so i can redo the landmark form i know yeah like i gotta just gotta, i just gotta go back in because yeah. I, I wonder what what blind spots i remember there I being people in my forums. Right i remember there being people in my forum 
that we're doing it for like the third time. Man, these guys. And I I remember thinking like, why are you here for the third time? And now that it's been like two and a half years, I'm like, it's time to go back, you know? Because like the the funny thing is, the main ones I noticed, it's like, okay, it was first trust. Then, okay, there was a period of arrogance. But what, uh, what era am I in now? What lie am I telling myself now? And it's like, I don't know. I mean, you guys can know, but I don't know. I don't sniff anything out. You guys see anything? Well, I mean, it definitely was the Serb episode. Yeah, yeah. That, that I think I killed that, which was extremely uncomfortable for me. I was sweating no, the I whole think, time for that, that episode. That was, I think that was extremely arrogant. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Like I said, enti- collecting you felt entitled to that, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was my ego saying, you know what? You can't go without income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, That's but but well, it wasn't that you couldn't go without income because you had enough money. It was that you felt like you had to get your share. Like you felt like uh, that, that. I mean, at some point in time, you felt like that was your money. Like you justified it to yourself as to why you deserve it. Yeah, it was like I yeah. yes. That's what, that's what I said. Yeah, it's like an ego. Like yeah. I deserve this income. Like this this because I yeah, had exactly. no income. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I guess the syrup thing. Okay, that's that's. I guess that's also yeah, ego, in, entitlement. Yeah, I think that would have been a hundred percent totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm entitled to a million dollar business right after Student Works in 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 an eight month period. You know. Um. <laughs> I know, right? So when you say funny. it out loud, it's, it's so it's, funny. It's like, oh, here, here's a guy starting a business from scratch. Yes, give me a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. I love this shit. I, want, I wonder what the next one's going to be. But I guess you don't know until it's gone. And that's why you need the right environment to yeah. sniff that out. Because the only reason I picked up that CERB, because a friend of mine just looked me in the eye and be like, wait, what? You've been collecting CERB? Are you insane? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh no! And then I told him all this mental gymnastics, and he was like, "Nah, relax." I but it's interesting, about though, what right? You're Do you remember at the very beginning of the of the serb how I talked about this the soup kitchen analogy, where yeah, 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 and standing in line, yeah. And but like, but I think about how many less people mm. who legitimately didn't need serb wouldn't have collected it if there was a searchable database of people who collected serb. Like if I could just type in like. I wonder if Amazon serve and just have an Amer and it's like, oh my God, right? <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't do it. It's so true. You just true. wouldn't, right? That, but see, the same that way, but the same way that you wouldn't, that? well, but this, no, but hold on. Cause I mean, you probably <laughs> didn't think about it to be honest. Like it's kind of, cause like, Behavior-like cause the thing about the soup kitchen is that that was just intrinsically, a va- that was just, that was just intrinsically built into the soup kitchen because you had to get in the line. Wow. I gotta, I gotta write this down, dude. I, I right? have no and idea so, of my um, so that's why like one thing that i that i'm actually going to start implementing and i'm going to actually just email this off to all my employees is that anyone who wants to call in sick has to call me no text no email you have to call but what what if they're like john i was too sick to call i lost no 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 no. you have to call to call and the reason why is because a text message is like if you're not sick you can just text it and it's like oh it's it's all good like it's send but if you're calling and you're going to physically lie to someone that's a totally different thing right and yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that there's a lot of value in forcing people to actually, you know, face, you know, and, and, and where I got that idea from was my girlfriend with, with uh, her nursing. That's what they have to do. They have to call their manager in order to call in sick now. That's, That's a very great nice. idea. And guess you gotta what? call yourself out. Now there's you know? <laughs> no one's calling in sick because no one wants to be that fucking person. Right? Everyone's been healed. But as soon as it's just click send and it's just a text message, right? 
now it, Man, it puts the okay. onus on the other person to then text back saying, are you really sick? Because now you're calling it out of their integrity, right? I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but there's an amazing podcast that just came out on Joe Rogan with Michael Easter. And he's the author of a book, forget what it's called, but it's about the human tendency to seek comfort and oh, yeah. how a lot of things around, especially the smartphone, is to seek comfort. And, you know, he describes this at the beginning of the podcast. He's like, you know, in 2021, the vast majority of people wake up in their comfortable bed under their warm sheets. They put on the they put on soft pajamas or a robe. They they waddle over to Goggins their microwave. talks about this a lot. They waddle over to their microwave. They eat their <laughs> they eat their breakfast burrito with who knows what's in it, and then they sit down at their chair for eight hours and use their fingers, and then get up and walk over to the couch and sit there for four hours, and then eat a meal, and then go to bed. And Very comfortable. That, and and so. And he was just essentially describing the relationship between technological advancements and comfortability. But John, just to speak to that, like we are in such a unique period of time where, you know, my grandfather owned a local business in the same area that I now run my business. And he had an oil, oil uh, furnace servicing business. So he would deliver oil to people's homes because in the 60s, 70s and 80s and a little bit of the 90s a lot of homes around here and i'm sure out there were heated by oil and furnaces so he would deliver oil and service furnaces and then he also got into the wood delivering business as well for burning for heat and you know he had a, a fleet of employees and a very strong team they're all very hard-working men i have memories of growing up i grew up right next to my grandparents and i remember having memories of like him doing his meetings in the morning with his crews and being out there at like 6 a.m and meeting with these guys and they'd all go off and work like 10, 12 hour days and they just come back and they were exhausted and they were tired and they'd have a few, you know, some might hang around for a beer, but they would just enjoy the fact that they were working hard. Right. And, um, nobody could text in sick. Right. Like in, 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 and maybe when I was young enough to remember it, they could, but up until that point, and I was like in my childhood, he was like kind of wrapping up running his business he'd run it for like 30 30 some odd years but it just goes to show you like the stuff that we have to deal with that our grandparents if they were in a similar spot to us you know they're not getting it's just it's like the standards of hard work have changed in my opinion and um the ability to disengage from your integrity to your employer is just so on the height and and i mean I, I maybe i sound like i'm 97 years old here but i don't know um well no i mean you're certainly i don't i don't think you're wrong right i mean another way like to look at it like is a running analogy is um when you're running to something versus running from something okay uh, mm. and a really good way of understanding this is that if i was to place a board on the ground that was um uh you know 15 feet long okay like a maybe like a like a two by six or something like that okay maybe a four by six it's a nice sturdy board and i asked you to walk across it on the ground okay for 20 bucks It'd be the easiest thing in the world okay if i place that between two buildings you're saying fuck no if on the other side of that board is your family needing your help because they're you know going to get you know burning alive you're going to run across that in a second, right? And one of the 
one of the downsides to sort of like a welfare state or like a you know a social security safety net is that it it causes your populace to no longer run from things but run to something they have the option to run to something and it's just two different things right if there was two men of equal ability and one is running from something and one's running to something i'm gonna always gonna bet on the guy like if you're being chased by a lion you're gonna run a little bit faster okay and in society uh right now we just if you trip or you fall or you you know you fail you, you know there's there's something there to catch you and, and maybe and, and it's quite possible that maybe that's the way it should be right maybe we don't want it to be that you know, like in a hunter-gatherer society, there was literally zero safety security net. Like if you fell and broke your leg, it's like, you know, it's like, hey, if you want, do you want us to like leave you here so you can starve to death? Or do you want us to cut your head off? Like, how do you want us to do this? Like, because, you know, we're good either way. Like they would basically ask you, how do you want to die? Because I mean, there's, there's no medicine, right? So, right. So maybe, maybe I, do you know, do you ra- would you rather live in a world where there's no net? Like, you know, and, and then, and then what's it's like, tough. Well, that's maybe too extreme. It's like, well, Interesting you, know, debate. What, you know, what level you know, what level of uh, social social security should we have, right? You know, should we have it so that people, so that maybe we all agree, okay, no one should really starve to death and no one should, you know, not have access to healthcare. You know, you know, if there's a fire, I think it's in everyone's best interest that there's firemen avail- available and police and, you know, you can go to the list, but, you know, but then you get into, you know, other agencies and things like that. And you're like, well, is this, is this necessary? And of course the, it's you know there's a fine line and that's the difference between obviously you know in, in a very general sense the difference between left and, and right wing politics for the most part you know is I, which, I, what should I the think, size of the government be yeah 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 um, I, I think it's uh, it's good to have these things and the ability to opt out right so we do this all the time outside of government politics you opt out of comfort the moment you choose to go on a run. You opt out of comfort when you decide to pick up that phone call that you don't want to pick up, right? So I, I think that's like a way to do it. I feel like I, uh, I can like un- understand that system. But if it was up to you, John, if you're prime minister, would you eliminate all these safety nets, universal income, EI, and everything in between? And then what about you, Austin? I don't know. It's a bit of a bit of an interesting question and, and something I don't know I can necessarily answer because I can appreciate that, you know, people that listen to us are, are listening. And, and if we speak with any conviction, it, it's a little bit misleading. I just find it that no, I'm talking, but I'm talking to you just like, you know, forget there's right, audience. fair enough. But OK, so, fair. Uh, and I would say that I find it demoralizing as a citizen or as a human being. Um, that, you know, this, the biggest struggle of health and the biggest predictor of health issues on this side of the, uh, the world, in the Western world, or at least in North America, is uh, obesity, you know? And, and uh, as somebody that was mm-hmm. very overweight at one point in my life, or significantly thick. overweight, yeah, thick, saying it lightly, um, you know, I, I can say that I've... Uh, so there's kind of two, two, um, two parts to this. Which the first one is, you know, something that is causing the most of our health problems over here is actually, uh, you know, something that the other half of the world is lacking, 
which is just nutrition and food. And I find that extremely frustrating. And, and, uh, you know, that's a demoralizing feeling. And, you know, the second thing is, is that there's now a culture around protecting people that are, are, are unhealthy from a, from a physical standpoint. And as somebody that has, what do you mean protecting? Well, like, like culturally, you know, like, oh, yeah, like, like don't, fat don't shaming culture, them. like, yeah, you know, okay. so that's like another level of comfort. You're perfect the way you are. Yeah, exactly. And we've had that debate many times. And I think... No, but if you were the prime minister, the question is, if you were prime yeah. minister, would you eliminate, you know, that well, I think any he's sort of financial that, support? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So I think that, first of all, like, just to clarify on the fat shaming thing, I don't think it makes sense to shame anyone into doing anything. I don't think you're going to get anybody to do anything if you shame them into it, or at least it won't last. But I'm strictly talking about just objectively speaking, it's now a little bit taboo uh, to say you know, hey, this person's fat or this person's even just saying this person's overweight, right? And um, that's something that I find just to be another level of the issue that we can't even really, it just goes to show how we will never be able to deal with the issue of obesity because now we're protecting even against having the conversation. So when it goes to oh, how to tip-toeing, allow... tiptoeing, you know. Yeah. That's what we've done. We've made it taboo. So, yeah, it's so it, like, and that just adds a new layer of complexity to how to solve an issue like this. So, hmm. true. That's really why I'm going to say whole, wholeheartedly, Emmer. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, fair. I really don't because I don't even know. Like, I think we just need to have a conversation before we even pretend where we can allot the money and how we can allot the resources. Because if I can't go talk, like, if if my friends or my family couldn't come talk to me and say, "Hey, Austin." You know, like if my parents couldn't come talk to me and say, hey, Austin, I'm concerned for the fact that you're 250 pounds and you're 17 years old. If they weren't able to have that conversation yeah, with yeah. me, then who knows where I'd be. Right. And sure. I didn't like, oh, my God, how dare you guys? Like, what the fuck? Like, no, I know I, w- I knew I knew I was fat. Fair. Like, I, you know, like and it's so interesting that like I was going to be there are a lot of people who are willing to deny that reality in sake of being comfortable and uh, you know so when it comes to and and, and i and i always go to obesity because it's like the largest and most popular comorbidity of any disease in in north america and it was the largest predictor of covid deaths and one of the reasons why i think it's yeah it's just hard to have the conversation so I, i i yeah i'm just gonna leave it at that yeah I, I, in short, mine is pretty simple. I think there should be every single piece of support available. You just have to opt in and opt out. That's it. You shouldn't be by default enrolled in these things. Yeah, I agree. That's that's my opinion. There's a lot of research on that type of system too, working, being very effective. Uh, in the book Nudge, for example, they talk a lot about that type of stuff. Very nice, yeah. Yeah, they talk about the pension plans and, mm-hmm. and things like that, right? Yeah. So yeah, John, you're, you're prime minister. You know, congratulations, you know. Um, you you know Austin and I are in your cabinet, of course. And uh, what do you uh, what do you decide, Mister Prime Minister? Are we are we nixing the uh, universal basic income here? Are we getting rid of participation medals, Your Honor? What's the uh, what's the verdict here? I mean, ultimately, you know, I think that you'd you know. You know, you you know, I, I would obviously want to do what's in the best interest of, you know, for every Canadian, right? 
So <laughs> no, no, I'm not kidding. That's like, such a political answer. No, but no, it is true though. I, I would want to do what's in the best interest of every Canadian. And, I agree. I agree. And you know, I'm not exactly one that ha- you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not having to, like my, my my current position, you know, in life is not such that I have to research these things extensively. But obviously, but I will say this though. So. I would, like, if I was prime minister, I would try and do things to reduce the regulations on businesses as a whole. And I'll give you a really good example of a time when a gov- when governments got involved and it was not actually in the best interest of of the end consumer. And I think that there's many different scenarios that, that fall into the same category. And because there's misconceptions. So, like, during the railroad era... Okay, specifically, the um, this would be like early. What are the years? Nineteen oh one, I believe. Nineteen oh two, something like that. Nice. Uh nineteen oh seven, I think actually, because this was like right before the crash, right before the panic actually of nineteen oh seven, and there was a there was a kind of a legendary showdown between J P Morgan and E H Harriman, and they both uh, owned competing. Uh, railroads and they were kind of fighting over the same one as well i think it was called the um illinois central the ick railroad and they got you know after realizing okay this was they were just gonna you know there was gonna be blood in the streets essentially if they kept battling they said well how about we just team up and we will uh form it was called the northern securities trust and essentially it was the general gist of it okay is that all of the shares that J.P. Morgan's team, you know, owned and, and E.H. Hammond's team grow would essentially put all of their shares into this trust, okay? And there was a committee, okay? So this trust would, and everyone would have, you know, there was a, there was some sort of, you know, structure where they would, you know, everyone would have sort of somewhat of, uh, you know, ownership in this trust. And the idea behind it was that it would bring stability to the market because, you know, people wouldn't be speculating as much on these railroad stocks and, uh, the you know the 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 railroads would be high, more incentivized to work together, okay, and of course, essentially this was this was a monopoly, okay, and monopoly is kind of has a dirty term because a lot of people think oh well, when there's a monopoly, you know the companies themselves are it's going to be in their best interest because now they can charge whatever the fuck they want, right? When in reality the actual stats behind it, which I thought was super fascinating, was that. Pre and after consolidation of the railroads, the pricing came down dramatically because they were able to be much more cost effective. They were able to, you know, actually offer a safer, more reliable, uh, just all around. I mean, everything in every way was cheaper and far superior under the under the more would say monopolistic um, for, format. And of course, the president that came in that sort of actually was you know, really a turning point in, in, in business in North America was Teddy Roosevelt, who of course came in to be president after William McKinsley, who was a very pro-business prime, uh, president, was assassinated actually by an anarchist. And Teddy Roosevelt came into power and he was known as the trust buster. And he decided and, you know, he started slapping fines and, and breaking up John D. Rockefeller's um Standard Oil Company, which again, if you look at the price, everything was coming down. Um, you know, there was less panics uh, when when it was consolidated, 
and you know employee pay was going i mean everything was far superior under these monopolistic things right now but i mean there was also greater inequality in the sense that there was there were some people that were getting very rich from these monopolies but for the actual end consumer it was far superior right and so teddy roosevelt comes in and breaks up this entire trust because well, there, there was a bit more like sort of drama behind the scenes between him and E.H. Harriman, but because they didn't want that much power or Teddy didn't believe that the, the businesses should have that much power. Right. And that was that was that was a turning point in, in, in North American business where the government basically said, mm, you know what, the government is now going to become a player and they're no longer going to be a referee. And if you fast forward very generally 100 years later, you know, that trend has basically increased and increased. Right. And it's to the point now where, you know, if you want to start a business, I mean, think about how many things are involved. Right. It's you, you simply can't just open up shop, go knock on some doors and collect some payments and pay some people. No, it, it, there's there's you're going to have to get a city license. You're going to have to open up, you know, different accounts with the with the federal government you're a permit. You're going to have to get. Yeah, I mean, permits. Well, I mean, that's more at the city. That's the city license I was talking about. But there's going to be <laughs> mandatory insurance. Right. Like as in you have to use you know, your local, you know, insurance, you know, WorkSafe BC, or you have to use, you know, yeah, if you yeah. want to insure your vehicles, you know, at least in BC, you have to use, you know, the ICBC. There's no other, you know, which is fascinating. I saw this video it's fascinating of a five-year-old. Yeah, go ahead. Jumping in back, back. Five-year-old with a lemonade stand got shut down for not having a permit. That's yeah, like, so, okay. I mean, yeah, we can I go on for all these different stories, but, but point being... <laughs> You know, I would try and do what's in the best interest of the Canadian, you know, individual Canadians. And I think that what's in the best interest of individual Canadians is to have as much freedom as possible. And, of course, with freedom comes great responsibility, right? And I think that you wouldn't be a very popular prime minister if you started removing. But it would be similar to, like, telling your children, hey, you know what? You got to start paying rent. Right. Like it would be it would be that kind of conversation. Right. And in a sense, you know, we've kind of, you know, as a country, it seems like, that you know, it, it, you know, at least, you know, from from the naive perspective of 25 year old. Right. It seems like we've had this, you know, this crazy, you know, boom of some sorts. Right. And we have this all this prosperity as a country. But it to some degree, it, it seems like it's kind of false prosperity. I mean, you know, we're in more debt than we've ever been in as a country. And just even the individual decisions that, that, that Canadians have been making, I mean, such as Amr, I mean, with you going on CERB, I don't blame you as an individual, really. I, I Ultimately, I blame the government that that, that, that that was allowed, right? That that was the use of our funds, that we were, that we were, that, that was, that's what, that's what we decided as a country we were going to do, right? And I don't blame the country. I blame myself for that one, but yeah. Well, that's, that's that was that was entirely my fault. But do you, I take full but do you, responsibility but, for that. yeah, but 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 that's one of those ones where, you know, not not to compare you to a child, but in the sense that like there's so many things above us as citizens that we don't really understand, right? Like we don't understand global politics, and you know, I mean, as far as understanding the global economy, I mean, it's just it's well above what we're supposed to be doing on a daily basis, right? The same way as a child, you're not supposed to understand the mortgage of the house or, you know, what you need yeah, to do. You but know. I did understand this. I did understand that it was a selfish decision that by me collecting and putting my hand in the cookie jar, I would actually be part- participating in increasing inflation and all that. I did know that. I just chose sure, to ignore it. Sure, but 
and in in the in the child may know that by you know not paying rent that he's you know hurting his his family financially, but nonetheless he's going to do it if his parent allows him. And I don't necessarily blame the kid because for you know a parent who you know keeps their kid at home and doesn't charge them rent, right? And, and, and you know doesn't develop doesn't have the kid develop any responsibility, doesn't you know doesn't encourage them to get a job or, or at least force them to get a job. And I mean, making them pay rent is kind of a way of getting them to you know force them to get a job, right? Um, I don't know if I blame the child. I mean. I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty easy decision to make. I mean, you didn't work and now, you know, your, your parents are going to allow you to live there rent free. I mean, the incentive is not necessarily to go get a job per se. Right. And I think that, I just think that a lot of these questions that we ask of like, you know, why did I go make, make this decision? I, I, I ultimately think that the market itself would be able to determine that a lot more efficiently and we wouldn't have to rely upon, you know, uh, let's say a committee to make these decisions, right? Mm. Like, in a really good example of this is this: the government didn't have to get involved in in the trades industry for them to determine that the most efficient price for estimates is free. The government didn't have to set a mandate saying companies are not allowed to charge free for charge for estimates; they all have to be free. They didn't have to step in. The market itself decided that that was what was most efficient. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's a great example of not having the government involved, and the price has come down to zero. Right. Makes Whereas, sense. I could only imagine if the government was involved in that process, estimates would actually cost something because you'd have to have a fucking, you know, a, you know, <laughs> some sort of to enter their home. Yeah, you'd have to have like Dude, a. Dude, that's so. You'd great. have to. That's you'd have to have some example. sort of. You'd have to have some sort of bullshit certificate, right? Yeah. And it would restrict well, the supply. Certified to walk in your home. Yeah, and it would restrict the supply of who could do quotes, and of course, it, then you would have to be able to charge for them because you know you have to go, you know, get your certificates and stuff, right? And it, there's just, I mean, you, you know, there's countless examples of where. So great. There's so many costs associated to being a business in Canada that ultimately we're just going to become uncompetitive in in a global scale, right? When like here's actually an interesting one, okay. Um, Minimum. I, I I firmly believe that minimum wage makes Canadians poor because it doesn't allow employers to hire them below the minimum amount, which would would seem counter counterintuitive. You'd be like, well, hold on, like, why would that make any sense? Look at my brother. Simply put, is not worth fifteen dollars an hour. He has <laughs> no tangible skills that would warrant that. Okay, um, and. Come on, fifteen bucks an hour, man. No, that's like no. That's filling just, up a Tim Hortons cup with coffee. Can't do no, that. but no, but yeah, but but guess what? Tim Hortons is having a really tough time right now. Yeah, I know. No, Tim Hortons is struggling financially. I John, mean, I agree with to what be, you're saying. To be a Tim Hortons owner right now is not a good experience. Well, I don't know your brother, but <laughs> it's not a good experience. Minimum wage is yeah, really they, screwing over those businesses because you think about it. I mean, they're not a very. It's a very price sensitive industry. They're not able to raise their pricing like, like a lot of like a lot of other businesses are, right? You will go to somewhere else if they're able to be cheaper for some reason, right? Or able to you know deliver a better quality. I mean, there's so much involved in that. But imagine if I was able to hire if, if someone was able to hire my brother for you know eight dollars, ten dollars an hour, just so he could build some skills, so he could get some work experience. Because at fifteen dollars an hour, it's simply oh, not, it's not worth the, the risk. Oh, I see the argument. 
it's not worth the risk value. as a business owner because he's not going to be able to produce like you know what's a, what's an entry level position for a guy who's on you know he wants to get in the restaurant industry dishwasher well it's pretty hard to pay a dishwasher 15 bucks an hour because now you can just get like an industrial machine that's going to do it for much cheaper and they're not going to call in sick like as humans we're pricing ourselves out of the market right and it's minimum wage is is not it's not it's not actually set by the market it's set by the government and it's it and it's completely false whereas if people were able to enter the job market and like imagine if you really wanted to work for someone and you weren't worth 15 bucks an hour but you said I'll tell you what I'll work for free I'll work for $5 an hour you can negotiate I did this yeah, I did and this. you can develop some skills. And ultimately, we don't need our employ- We don't need a minimum wage. We need minimum skills. No, we need minimum. We need minimum skills. We need we need to develop the the workforce that we have as a country. And how you develop the workforce is not raising the wage. You raise the skill level. And how you raise the skill level, and at least in my opinion, is to get people working in developing skills. They don't. It develop is an internship when they're unemployed. Yeah, it is an internship and an apprenticeship, and that's why those programs exist, I believe. But a lot of um, that has been eliminated due to I know. government involvement. However, but there's even an asterisk on that, which is the amount of students who, like, for example, take my master's program for, for an example, right? I'm one of the only students in my master's program that didn't, like, actively seek an internship because of my role with student works and running my business. And so... But the people that I'm friends with in my program that got internships, it's great because they got internships at like big companies. They're super stoked. But there's this expectation that after three months, you just get hired. Like people aren't going to do free work anymore to gain new skills. They're they're going on the assumption that they'll 95% of the time get a full-time salaried position after like, um, you know, some, some good whatever their qualifying criteria is. And I'm not saying that they don't deserve it. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying the structure is still revolving around the fact that you can't, like the employer, let's say, you can't just say, hey, you know what? You're not ready to work here yet. And there's no alternative between see you never and you're hired on as a full-time employee for salary. Yeah. There's no like, like, there's no like, why don't you just, why don't, we'll pay you like 10, 15K a year We'll give you all the opportunity to succeed and work your ass off and we'll find a position for you. Totally. That, that's illegal. That's illegal. You can't do that. No, but also I know, think but about like the risk. But you can't risk. do it in like a, you can't do it, like you could probably do it with like a landscaping company or something. But no, you can't no. do it in like. Because you have to pay well, them stat no, pay. You have to pay no, them no, time sorry. and a half I, I, and all these I didn't different mean, things. I, I shouldn't have said landscaping. I just mean like a cash construction business like that somehow. So illegally. Illegally, you have to do it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah, just proof. Yeah. But that. consider, I mean, how much like, I mean, just consider about how much more prosperous we could be as a country if we had more people working and them developing their skills by them working, right? And, I know. But there's a lot of people who aren't, right? I mean, w- I mean, think about this. I mean, if there wasn't a minimum wage, I mean, everyone that was on CERB could have been working. Like, yeah. they could have found work doing something. Yes. Jo- John, you know what you'll love, man? You know what you'll love? Ray Dalio came out with a new book. Have you heard yeah. about this? Which book? It's it's co- 2021. It's called Changing World Order. Why Nations Succeed or Fail. Well, I'll, and in it, I'd love to read it. In it, his, his premise is that Canada and most, most importantly, the United States, talks about the United States, is so filled with false prosperity that you mentioned earlier 
that eventually uh, the the world and the main currency that we're using is no longer going to be the U.S. dollar. It's going to be the Chinese yen. Because there, they're doing things a lot differently, and we're not pumping well, inflation. China, There's China, no minimum wages. China's and China is very yeah. similar to how America used to be. Exactly. And so Ray Dalio, get this, and the reason I'm saying this is you can read the whole book for free online. He released it. And he's giving everybody the opportunity to read it for free before he releases the hardcover. Well, I'll go out so, and pay for it. Like, just yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Is it's that's how much he's like he he actually believes in this book. So it's expected to come out in August 2021. But you can read it. I'll uh, get it on online. my Kindle. I'm sure it's on there. Yeah. So Ray Dalio is offering it for free, and um, basically he basically spent half essentially studying global markets and the changing world order. Examines history's most turbulent economic and political periods to reveal why the times ahead will likely be radically different from those that we've encountered so far. Well, So uh, it's just an incredible book. Yeah, we've really put ourselves in a really precarious situation, right? I mean, because it's interesting. People blame businesses for why we've had to, you know, bring a lot of our, our, our uh, manufacturing jobs or just, you know, labor jobs and bring them to other countries, right? Well, it's not because the businesses are greedy and it's not because like, that's not the business's fault, right? It's because the government has set the wage at such a point that it's no longer cost effective for a corporation to have their operations here in Canada. And as a CEO and as an executive team, you have to legally do what is in the best interest for the shareholders. And it is not in the best interest of the shareholders to operate your business here in Canada. Something that I'm actually going to look into next year is I'm actually going to look into bringing six foreign workers under a two-year contract to come work for me next year because I simply cannot find cost-effective, reliable Canadians. And I would be more than happy to bring six foreign workers under a two-year contract that have to work for me if they if they you know decide not to that they, they you know they have to go back to their home country. And I've, had, and I've heard many people go through this program, and there's many successful businesses that have used this program, and it's been fabulous. They're highly skilled individuals who are willing to come here and essentially work labor jobs for two years so they can get a Canadian citizenship. Yeah. Right? But Canadians yeah. who have Canadian citizenship aren't willing to take that job. Yeah. And why? Yeah. Because, well, you think about it, these people are willing to work their ass off for two years so they can be in this country because they know how prosperous they will be because they're running from something. They're not running to uh, something. And the circle loops back. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. as, as if I was the Canadian prime minister, I, I would, you know, I, I, would, I would cease to make Canada the largest employer, in, uh, the Canadian government the largest employer. Consider this. There is $2.3 million, million people on CERB-related or, you know, post-CERB, um, as of last month, at least. In, Minus in April. one. <laughs> Walmart so myself, <laughs> is one of the largest employers in the world, and they have 2.3 million employees across the globe. They have yeah. this, so almost, so there's 2.3 million across people on CERB. 2.3 million people working at Walmart. Walmart makes them work, and they generate revenue. <laughs> who the hell thought it was a good idea what to have a stat what who a the stat. hell thought it was a good idea to have i love that walmart stat. equivalent employee staff and not even have them work john Dude, i think you, you skimmed over a big part of it though 
2.3 million in Canada versus 2.3 million 2.3 million people globally the ratio of that of that concentration is just preposterous yes. oh yeah no it's it's to me it's an absolute wild thing and the interesting thing too is that um you can look at this actually you know in in you know I'm, i mean this is well beyond my pay scale but you know even even in the 08 crash with banks right the fact that they th- these banks knew that they were gambling on house money right that if they yeah. failed that they would get bailed out right yeah nothing to lose dude you're gonna change the way you play right um and i'll tell you right now you know i read a lot about you know pre i know i i read about the warburg family and you know and there's even even faces me every time i'm in the house of morgan Paul Warburg, who actually is the the man who uh, actually brought the idea of the Federal Reserve to the United States, okay, um, as a way of having uh, helping out um, banks and and you know basically creditors during uh, times of crash crunching or cash crunches, okay. So essentially, a run on a bank, right? Have the reserve. It wasn't to. It wasn't to. Um, the, the original idea wasn't actually to help failing businesses meet their op- debt obligations. It was to help prosperous businesses who simply didn't have the cash on hand to pay their uh, their um, their uh, depositors. That was the idea behind it. That's not what's happening now. I mean, there's businesses Smart that man. are getting bail bailouts all across Canada, and it's not a popular opinion, but. It's not a bad thing to fail. I mean, any anyone who knows anything about business and success realizes that it's 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 failures. It's the, I mean, the obstacle is the way, right? I mean, when has I mean, failure almost has a stigma in society right now. We just, I mean, I, honestly, I was saying to to Trisha, uh, I had dinner with a, a very good friend of mine who's actually moving to the states for many of these reasons uh, to New York. That's and crazy. which I was like, that's kind of a weird place to move if you're trying to avoid, you know, but, um, and I was saying, you know, I actually think it's, I think it's less humane to rob people of the opportunity to fail than it is to bail them out. Like, I think that is so inhumane to bail someone out from failure. You're robbing them of possibly the greatest learning lesson in their entire life. Think about how many business owners didn't get to learn the value of a reserve fund. Like it's mind blowing that we're robbing our own citizens of learning opportunities. Maybe it's not a good idea to only have five hundred dollars in reserve, right? You're talking like companies reserve, like no, I'm talking about individuals like as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That the job music. that you have, yeah, it's not as secure as you think. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now. When companies were were laying people off, guess who didn't get laid off first? The people who showed up every day, the people who generated more revenue than they were worth, the people who didn't call in sick, the people who worked their ass off. Those people were laid off last. Think about how many employees didn't get to learn the lesson that if you if you call in sick, you don't show up to work, you're not generating a lot of revenue, you're not developing your skills, you're going to get laid off in hard times. Think about how many employees didn't get to learn that lesson. 
And yeah, like what people forget as well is that like <laughs> countries rise and fall. Like Greece, they filed bankruptcy in the 2000s. Right? Athens used to be one of the most prosperous cities in the entire world. The Pel- you know, in human history actually. Yeah. I mean, you read about the Peloponnesian <laughs> War. They were like, you know, the Spartans had an 800-year reign. Greece now is a fucking debacle. Mm-hmm. A right? beautiful debacle. Beautiful yeah, it, it's <laughs> well, but point being, I mean, for us to be so arrogant as Canadians, and as I mean, as Americans oh, in general in North America, the full to circle. think to think that we can't fall from grace. I mean, we're consuming. Mean, think about this for a second. We're, everything, like, look around your house right now, and look around just everything. Anyone who's listening to the podcast, I'll even do the same. Everything you see probably made wasn't China. made here. Yeah, and you probably even, didn't I'm buy looking it at with my cash. Plant. You probably bought it with credit of some sort, okay? We are shipping our dollars out of our country to another country. We're buying their stuff. Just follow the money. Everything's going to China. Changing world order. Why nations succeed and fail. Ray Dalio. I might read it tonight. I mean, it's pretty interesting, really, if you think about it. I mean, so here's the crazy thing. Uh, And you can find this actually on the BC government website. There's like BC stats, okay? It's like something like for the average Canadian, it was, I am I even going to try and make up some percentage. It was a large percentage of the average Canadian's wealth is in what do you think? Is in debt. No, 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 their wealth. Like sorry, their 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 asset value. Oh, oh, oh their home. Correct. Yes. Okay. I think it's like 80%, I don't know. Okay. So you know, <laughs> let Let's just slow down face. here for a second and just think about this on a global John's scale. John's about to have an aneurysm, you know. Let's just think about this on a global scale. So as Canadians, we're all like borrowing money against our own inflated assets to buy, to, to bid up our own inflated assets. And we're all thinking that we're richer because we all own these assets that we're bidding up. I mean, and we have foreigners bidding them up, of course, as well. But yeah. it's a fucking house. It doesn't generate income. One, one door. One yeah, door. one door doesn't generate income. The only tangible value... I mean, think about this for a second. We think we're a prosperous country when the largest asset that most Canadians, that our own citizens have, is valued like a fucking Rembrandt? What the hell are we talking about here? What's a Rembrandt? It's a, it's a, it's a, a Dutch artist. Based on yeah. desirability. Oh, like his art? Yeah. Is he what, an artist? Like there used to be a there. day when... Rembrandt, the largest yes, asset course. people had was their savings. Yeah, that's I, actually I like po- contrary to popular strategy. That's actually mine as well. What is one of my largest assets is just savings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Yeah, I mean, but savings, stocks, income-producing assets, yeah. right? Yeah, apartment buildings. So, and and the reason why I mention all this is, I, personally, I just I feel really bad, um, for. Well, I don't know if I really feel bad, but but here's the thing, the people that are going to be affected the most, 
it's like it's like right now what it feels like to some degree is it's like almost like a soda pop uh the soda pop thing in like elementary you know when people are like like, no 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 like when uh like in elementary school like you know when when someone's like running for class president like i'm gonna put soda pop in the fountains right oh yeah okay what if i told you knock off john morgan uh premier here in bc john horgan (laughs) yeah I wish we were kidding. What if I actually what I, no, look up uh, John Horgan? Literally, dude, I know, did he I get know, elected? I know. Yeah, no, no, he's elected. But get, get this though, this is oh, the craziest. John Horgan. This is the craziest thing. Need to get him on. And I <laughs> no, no. literally like this sounds like I'm <laughs> going to make this up, episode. but I'm not making this up. A part of him getting elected was that he was going to give every BC family a thousand dollars. That makes that makes under a certain amount. Okay, I didn't qualify for any of this. And single residents five hundred dollars. Single resident. Uh, Who's oh, the fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. is that? Isn't that a isn't that a bribe, dude? That's <laughs> is if that's not like I'm gonna put soda pop in the fountains. I don't know what the fuck is, right? Yeah, dude, George yeah, yeah. Bush did this when he got elected. He promised to give every American a hundred bucks, and he did it. I don't know if you. I don't know if you. I don't know if you knew that. He sent everybody a hundred bucks. Every American, <laughs> no cap, no cap. You can look this up. Let me let me double check. Hold on. Either like way, where I'm going with this though? <laughs> yeah, let's stop. Where I'm going let's with this though is that. that the people that are going to be the most affected by by voting in these politicians who continue to run deficits, large deficits, who continue to lead us down a route that we ultimately none of us know what's going to happen. I like I'm like like I'm so underqualified to know what's going to happen, right? But nothing I've said here is you know is is anything that's you know, outlandish at all or anything. I mean, I haven't really speculated much. I have no idea what the hell's going to around the corner. But it certainly <laughs> doesn't seem to be much more, it doesn't seem like it's going to be more prosperous than it was previously, okay? And and I don't think that's like a, a like, I don't think that's like an outlandish statement or anything like that. It, it, definitely, it definitely seems like eventually, the, the, you know, the party has to stop, right? You can only run a deficit for so long before you have to pay it back. I mean, austerity has to be a part of something, right? But, the people that are going to get affected by this most, quite frankly, aren't the individuals like myself. It's the it's, common man. It's going to be the people without, like, it's going to be the people without, like, without income-producing assets, without tangible assets, and it's always been the case, always. Yeah. 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 Right. So one of my friends that I had this uh, debate with was saying, "Okay, maybe maybe it's time to in- invest in Southeast Asia." I'm like, "Yeah, that's an interesting one." Or you can, yeah. So, anyways, what were we gonna say? Well, just just that. Uh, you know, yeah, it's interesting too. Like even, you know, even Machiavelli. Um, wrote about this 500 um... yes it's around the renaissance he wrote this we could just get right into i was gonna say i almost want to well i to be honest it's gonna be really hard for me to find it and i also wanted to give Mm. a i have a bit of a special treat actually for black versus wise but like a song why i was gonna give you guys a sample at least of the of my very first attempt at writing some rap lyrics for our stoic rap. oh yes and oh, yes i'm Why saying not? right now that this album is gonna be it's gonna be fire we're currently oh working shit okay well we gotta get into it now we had a we had a long debate about all the things we spoke about let's, let's just break it. it out 
Hold on, I, I still feel, hold on, one sec. Before we go there, I just want to make sure. I feel like I had a question or something. Yeah, I think, I think I'm good. I just want to make sure, I don't know, that I understood everything here. When I, when I first heard this argument from another friend, the conclusion that I made was uh, stop holding cash, start holding assets that cannot be like affected um, well, too negatively if there was to be any sort of crash or... Here's, I think, my ma simplest major inflation. thing here. Okay, here's my simplest thing, Ammer. And, and take a mind, I mean... It's so, not a simple topic. Yeah. No matter what currency uh, we use, okay, that currency will be used to buy real estate. It will be used to buy shares in companies. No matter what currency it is, whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's Canadian, whether it's Zimbabwe yeah. currency, no matter what it is, okay, no one is planning on getting rich by holding a certain currency, Um Except Bitcoin. <laughs> well, I shouldn't, that was actually kind of a not very good statement, really. Um, Nobody's planning to have stable, consistent wealth currency without itself, having one of these. Yeah, currency itself is not an income-producing asset, right? Income-producing assets will always have a tangible value, okay, based on whatever exchange rate it is, okay? And... Um, Good example of this, okay, is that because uh, assets can come, well, I don't really why I actually want to tell this story right now. It's just, just too long. But point being, um, my bet for the future is holding things that will hold value, you know, trying to pick things that hold value no matter what. Makes you know, sense. People want a place to live. People are going to want, you know, some sort of, you know, are people going to drink less, you know, coca-cola are people going to not use railroads are people going to you know not um use facebook or use amazon well the facebook thing you know i could take in mind i'm an individual who thinks that we're going to view social media like cigarettes so you know but but have, have been cigarettes been a bad investment over the last 50 years i don't know right maybe but point being you know there's always going to be some sort of tangible value uh, intrinsic value behind um those so you know our current our current way to buy assets in Canada is with Canadian dollars. So Yeah, yeah. That's the tool at least for now. You wouldn't get you wouldn't want to get caught with the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you're and 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 if you were to get caught with the bag, you'll be caught like in the nineteen oh four cri or yeah, the nineteen oh four crisis running to the bank lining up to take nineteen oh seven. Nineteen oh seven or like in Greece lining up to go to the bank or like in Lebanon, you know, you have all this money in the bank that just now worthless. Whereas you can't take it out. Guess who wasn't lining up to sell all their assets? Warren Buffett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. So for Wack versus Wise, I like to uh, honor the song to our uh, a friend of this podcast, a little loaded. And uh, dude, are we gonna we'll hit one more loaded with this dirty? No, not dirty. It's a send off. It's a good song, you know. 
it's yeah yeah i don't know i don't know if it's dirty but he, he was a good man he, he entertained millions and uh let's one last time showcase his 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 work uh this is um this is low loaded i think it's called out of body out of my body or something Yeah, it's called. Was he going to go to jail body. for life? Is that why he? Is that part of why he was going to kill himself? No, it's because his girlfriend cheated on him. But what? What was his potential sentencing though? Because I mean, that I feel like. Would oh, I have be no idea. A tough. One. Oh, that's actually a good a good question. But it, it was um, by his mother's account. He was distressed over his girlfriend for the past three days, crying, really hurt, and then one day she goes out grocery shopping, comes back on Monday. He was under house and, arrest uh, or something. Yeah, interesting. And he's, yeah. He's just there. So this is uh, a little loaded. Out my body. If Drew didn't film it, didn't then film it ain't it filmed it. right. Asia, you a rock star. Pop me a X, two Percocets. Bitch, I'm out my body. Glad do stress, ain't daddy neck. I'm finna catch a body. Pop me a X, two Percocets. Bitch, I'm out my body. Glad do stress, ain't daddy neck. I'm finna catch a body. He gotta die if I pop me a X. Won't give him no warning to put on the rest. We don't ain't for no chest, so what put down that vest? All that boy had me shooting through bricks. I went got a new black and extended the clip. I'm wagging it, partner and mama, your cousin is auntie, and whoever else shedding tears. Two pocket sets, I ain't feeling no fear. Shooting it out of that safe in the ears. DPDK, just so we can be clear. A real young smacker, I do it for real. Calling the law that you go on that drill. Pop me an X, now nah, I wanna kill. Keep wagging niggas, I love how I feel. Honestly, I feel like the star rap's gonna do really well. I I wanted to do well. That'd, that'd be pretty no, I really do because like I think that I think that after you guys hear these lyrics and you realize that okay, that you know there's some effort here, and I think that uh, you know with Jeremy's rapping, I think that uh, because the only like I mean like it sounds cool, fine, but like once I read these lyrics, just yeah, which well, this is why we do this. Whack versus wise. Uh, the yeah. reason I chose this song is it actually foreshadows him killing somebody and killing himself, which okay. is kind of, kind of insane. And I'll try and read my insane. lyrics and his lyrics in the same tone so there's not like any sort of like, I'm not going to try and flow better with one or the other. Okay. Pop me X, two Percocets, bitch, I'm out of my body. Glock too stressed, aimed at his neck, I'm going to catch a body. Pop me an X, two per Percocets, bitch, I'm out of my body. Glock too stressed, aimed at his neck. I'm a finna catch a body. He got to die if I pop me an X. Won't give him no war warming. Just put him to rest. We don't aim for no chest, so boy, put down the vest. Oh, that boy hiding. We shooting through bricks. I went, got a new Glock and extended the clip. I'm whacking his partner, his mama, his cousin, his auntie, and whoever else shed in tears. Two Percocets. I ain't feeling no fear. 
shooting it out. It ain't safe in these years. They beat the cases just so we could be clear. A real young smacker, I do it for real. Colin Little loaded, you got on that drill. I popped me an X, now I want to kill. Keep whacking N-words, I love how it feel. I speak my name when I'm off that of that pill. Got me die, magician O'Neill. Astasia, you a rock star. It's hard to read because like the, the 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 words are just not in my vocabulary really. So, yeah, apologize for stumbling over that. That's all good, man. Okay, so now take in mind, I'll get a lot better. But this was my first attempt at writing some stoic rap. So you know, take so this is now, you yeah. writing your own rap. Yeah. Yes. Okay. No, I have a this question. Was, this, was, this was my first attempt writing a stoic like rap it. song for Jeremy because I'm writing. I'm so I'm writing for Jeremy, and Jeremy is ra- going to rap over some beats that he has another guy who's going to make our beats. Oh my god, dude! Oh, like we're actually like this is this is 100 going to be a thing. So. Dude, I am so fired up. It's not even funny. Can I read? Yes. Please. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something. Okay, and you guys will. Yeah. Okay. Consider the two syringe the next time you want to binge, slowly bringing stoicism out of the fringe. Straight, not straightened. Remember John D and his carriage driver shared the same end. Keep your ideas flexible. Have some bend. During boom times, we are less prudent in how we lend. Remain patient, young man. Let's not pretend. The world (laughs) is always in flux. Market conditions change. You still have your dollar while they have their lifted trucks. Clouds move, soldiers fight, accept your fate, strategize towards checkmate, meditating on 48 laws of power, turn a blind eye, next minute you cower, hide from your problems each day, life has a funny way to make you pay, success will never ask you to stay, some wish it will come through the way they pray, let your actions set you free, let them bring you peace, remember this life is only a lease, our lives are made up of um, from a three-piece, our body makes or our body, what moves us, our mind, what leads us, our soul, what feeds us. What is good for the whole isn't always good for the parts. We must dig deep and follow what is in our hearts. Interrogate your internal, the body of a sloth, no one to blame as we sew our own cloth. The mind of a fox, ease up, young man. Block the weakness with a dam, pull up your socks. Wait in each second while time tick-tocks. Make your move. Reminisce on the days when you had something to prove. Only now do I feel like I'm in, finally in my groove. Reading meditations became my way to soothe. The pain started and you begged it to stop. Scared that the next year would be a flop. Breathe and perform your way to the top. The first door lo- knocks the loudest. Your latest achievement is merely a test. Sleep on a win and wake oh. up past the crest. <laughs> Lest we forget those on hist- sorry, in history who fa- fell from grace. Duty calls for you to set the pace. Lower minds for the use of the higher. Consume obstacles like a raging fire. Stop acting like everything you do isn't dire. Never <sighs> slow down, simply just change a tire. Deep water with no fearing of being drowned. Rise, young man, rise. Virtue is the ultimate prize. Eliminate the weakness, <laughs> sever the wasteful ties. Each being so must live before it dies. Watch <laughs> life's moments pass you by. Mustering up one more try. Just another lonely night in the shower wanting to cry. Let the tears rinse you clean. It doesn't matter what you say, it's what you mean. Everyone talks about where they're going. The other half can't leave behind where they've been. Oh, damn. What's up? That is insane. 
I just gotta. <laughs> Dude, this not... Stoic album is gonna be for fire. <laughs> I, I gotta say this as a rap fanatic. Um, the lyricism in no? is that actually decent? So look, I got. I just gotta say, whoever's listening to this try, right now. So like, I mean, no, like... no, no. Let's just listen. I feel so lucky to be listening to these things, and I'll tell you why. The lyrics, every single word in there, every single sentence, are like inside references to a lot of the conversations we've had. And it's quotes from books that we talked about. It's topics that we visited and conclusions that we've made. And it's just like for the 600 people listening, for even like Austin and I, to be able to summarize these things in a nice artistic way is, is talent. Like, well done, John. Yeah, you guys actually like that? That was nice. Now, I don't know, but here's the thing, though. I don't know. No, Jeremy's a good rapper, dude. I don't know if I want somebody rapping on that. That's the thing, No, wait, though. No, no, wait. Okay, I guess we have to see it, though. No, wait till the album's out. I have to see it. Dude, you guys don't even, yeah, it's, it's. So what's the album? Like, is it, is he going to make an album or is it just that song? I think we could just release that song. No, no, we're going to, no, no. I think I want to do like at least five songs. At least five. Yeah, that's bangers, that's yeah. a mixtape, you know. It's nice. Yeah, I want to do at least. By definition, yeah, an album is like yeah. twelve songs. Oh, okay, I want to do five, then a little a little EP or whatever it is, right? But yeah, mixtape. Um, yeah. So. No, no, that was really good, and I I think let's say the rap doesn't work out or it comes out because I don't want it to come out cringy because I think these no, lyrics dude, are. No, you just no, it's not gonna be cringy. You just wait. Okay, good. Like I'm so, dude. Good. I, I was. I talked to Jeremy. I talked to Jeremy a couple of days ago about this, and I and I made. Have that you clear. heard his raps for? He, he so no, he, we didn't talk about that. We talked who, about. Who's comedy. Jeremy, oh, comedy. dude? He's from dude. Abstract. The Abstract no, no, podcast. no, no. So, oh Jeremy, my god, dude, Jeremy, dude, no, Jeremy, made, my friend, Jeremy. Yes, Allman. Yeah, we talked to him more than you. <laughs> okay, dude, I didn't know you were in contact with this guy. So. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So we are. So yeah. So no, Jeremy and I are hot on this. So what's interesting about it too is that, um, so Jeremy, because I wasn't like. I was planning on doing this myself. I was like, I was like writing this and rapping. I'm like, fuck, you know, like I can maybe write it, but I'm like, you know, I used to, I mean, cause I, like, I remember like, um, like I used to freestyle back in the day, like with my friends, like we used to like, you know, yeah, yeah, smoke, yeah. we'd have a bong and we'd hit it and we'd basically just rap over some beats. Like, I, I mean, you like, but I was the it. worst. I was the worst. <laughs> like I would like out of, out of the four of us, I was by far the worst. I could never flow. But so I was thinking, okay, maybe I could pull this off. Right. I'm like, it's not gonna be as good, but whatever, you know. Um, but then Jeremy sent me these, these tracks that he had, re- um, that he had released and cause he's a tutor. And so he, he made some, uh, rap songs that were literally just the words of a textbook brought into, into a rap song. And he would send these to his, the people he was tutoring so they could, so they could med- or they, so yeah, they could memorize um, it, memorize it. And when he sent me one, I only had to listen to 30 seconds. I'm like, this is my guy. This is my guy. Mm. He had a few on Instagram too. He did a really good one about like the Canadian, He's really uh, Marcus Canadian Aurelius Space Productions. Agency, CSA. Yeah. So when's the like? When are we gonna hear about this next? Yeah. Well, it will well, debut so, on this podcast. Has to. Oh yeah, no, it has to. Yeah, yeah. So um, next week he's gonna release a demo of that song I just sent you guys. Um, he's gonna put something together so he, so we can kind of flush because I mean there's a lot of things we have to flush out and. And uh, the wording will have to change because, like, I guess, like, I don't understand this as much, but like, I guess the way, like, the sentences flow, sometimes if you yes. got to change a word so it kind of comes off your tongue better. And, yes. you know, and so we're, we're going to put some effort into this. Like, you know, I, so I, I would say, like, 
I'm hoping by the end of the summer we can have like the you know all five songs. So I mean we're also gonna get like like I'm willing to put some money into it as well. Like I want to get like a professional studio. Like I want to like record this. Why the not? Way. Why not? Yeah. Um, I because I, I want to actually send this off to Ryan Holiday mm. when it's done. Oh, it's and kinda, I want to yeah. see. I want to see if because if it sticks with him, you know what I mean. Like that would be huge for for the. Uh, it would make sense. But uh, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about it. Wow. At the very least, I said to Jeremy, I mean, the goal is if even 10 more people on this earth fo- you know, Stoics. adopt yeah, adopt some form of stoicism in their life because of the album, I think that would be a win. So, mm. Wow, man. I, I would even want all these lyrics and for future songs just on a pamphlet or a blog post. And I'll just read those as well because there's each sentence is has like double entendres deep meanings and you can i honestly think if you can turn that those lyrics of that song into a blog post where each sentence it like you can explain what that reference is and where you got it from which book that blog post would probably be worth so much do you know which one i like at least uh give me your favorite lines here yeah here's one that i thought was pretty thought was pretty good uh, so hide from your problems each day. Life has a funny way to make you pay. Success will never ask you to stay. Yeah. That line in particular, I yeah. thought was interesting. Very nice. I, I I picked that one up. You have to ask life to stay. You have to you have to basically have success in your life. You don't have to. Got to hold um, it. Some wish it come through the way they pray. Yeah. Just and hope. then remember, uh, let your actions set you free. Let them bring you peace remember this life is only a lease right i like that part um it's true um this one's a student works reference the the first door knocks the loudest it's because it's like at the beginning of the year the first door you knock you're just so nervous right um but this one's true so like um uh this is actually like this is actually like you know this this is actually is like 100 percent the case so um Make your move. Reminisce on the days when you had something to prove. Only now do I feel fi- finally feel in my groove. Reading meditations became my way to soothe. The pain started and you begged it to stop. Scared that the next year would be a flop. Breathe and perform your way to the top. That's literally, mm-hmm. you know, like before every year, like, I, you know, I was like, you know, because one of the tough things about, you know, um, that I was facing in student works, and I'm sure, Amber, you maybe got to this, you know, point, I'm sure you did as well, is that, you know, when you first start, you have everything to prove. But after you've, you know, gotten to the top of something, then no, you know, you no longer have that reason to propel you to success, right? And then, of course, there's, you know, one of the things that, you know, that I always struggled with with student works was that I was always so deathly afraid that my neck, even even going into this year, like with pro works, like oh my god, I was deathly afraid that it was going to be a flop, right? That I wasn't going to be able. To, but then it's like breathe, yeah, right. Well, I'm still kind of experiencing this with with this business. I'm like scared of it to be a flop and so far it's it's been very slow and it's been decimating i have to yeah but it's been decimating my ego and arrogance it doesn't really stand a chance so can i play it in the right place interesting enough though that may be like that may be like you know that that might be the reason you know like that might be the the greatest thing that ever happened right it is I I, I I think so. Yeah, I'm very grateful. I'm having a lot more fun with this business. But you you, you nailed it on the top. You got success is not. Yeah, you you, you got to stay successful, right? And I I haven't tasted success since Stim since Stim works, and I hate to admit it. Well, I wouldn't say that. 
I don't know, man. If you I, didn't have no, but if you if you eliminate the the success you had at Student Works, like if you if you stop comparing everything to how you know success with Student Works, I think you've actually had tremendous success. Like if you just eliminate the comparison, I think that you've actually done really well. Oh, well, I mean, you, think man. about how many yeah. businesses are cash flow positive, from what I understand, after you know like a year and a half in. I mean, personally, I mean it's almost like they're unicorns. Like I never meet anyone that actually like has like a successful online business. It just doesn't seem to happen, right? Oh, wow. I never thought of it that way. Thank you. I, I get stuck. I, I, I gotta be honest. I always get stuck and compare myself to what I was doing in Stoneworks and as well as to you guys as well. It's the and sandbox, like... right? The sandbox analogy? Yeah. 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 It also just doesn't really... I don't know how much it really... I'm just yeah, impatient. I don't know. It's just impatience. It's just lack, yeah, of, think... lack of patience on my part. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it really matters. It doesn't. It doesn't. Do you want to hear a little sample of Jeremy's rap? I found his album. Please, yes. Oh, he deserves dude, it. so good, yeah. He deserves it. Oh, okay, you, you're going to release this? This is the scientific one? Uh, no, this is... I can play one of those after, but this is a... He posted this on Instagram. It's like a 20-second clip. <laughs> Imagine he copy-strikes us. <laughs> Wow, what? Oh my god, there's no way that's Jeremy. Okay, dude. No, that's like, he's going to he's going to shut it no, down no, for us. Okay, he's going to no, shut no, it no, down. No, I think I no, spoke too soon. If, no, no, play the one science one. Dude, the science ones, like, as soon as you hear... Yeah, yo, there's one about the Canadian Space Agency that, like, he he did... It, this is Canada's version of NASA, right? So, like... No, this so, is a great example. Yeah, so, like, he does the he entire... Anything. Yeah, exactly, so... He could yeah. wrap the phone book. I'm just listening to the beat. Beat is so important. That first beat was fire. He's so good. <laughs> like it's pretty fire. No, his science like, ones. I mean, that one's good. It's but hard to rap about a Canadian space so, agency. So yeah. fluid. Oh my God. Well, I, no, I haven't so, actually seen Jeremy. Like, like, is he a good-looking guy? Because okay, so I'll show you a photo. This is some celebrity shit. Like this no, guy do you know what's crazy famous. about Jeremy? Jeremy can plank for over ten minutes. Oh yeah. yeah, there you go, there you go, dude. Jeremy, we're, dude, let's get Jeremy to the number one charts. That should be a goal. The weekly call, you know, let's put Jeremy number one billboards. Spread the message of stoicism. Yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped that he's going to be doing this. So I, I told you guys the story about like we had a class together. And then he started this podcast called Abstract because he was a huge fan of the Weekly Call and also wanted to start a podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's Jeremy. Legend. So, um, yeah, I'll show you a photo of what he looks like. Mm. <laughs> We're hold on. <laughs> are we? Are we actually? <laughs> yeah, dude. This guy. This guy can be famous. Hundred percent. 
All right. Well, this is exciting. I'm excited for him to rap your stoicism uh, beat, to be honest. Stoicism lyrics. Yeah. Well, I'm going to work on another four at least. Okay, cool. Well, I think that's pretty much it. It was awesome talking to you guys. Oh. Great conversation. I'll see you next week. See you guys next oh, week. Oh, actually, hold on. Can I just say one last thing? <laughs> it was so funny because like, <laughs> I was like, I like read that to Trisha last night and she's like, what? Like you wrote that? Like what? Like, wow. like she was like, what? Like that, no, like you didn't write a rap. Like what? Like you write rap? Like she was like so like surprised that like that was even in my repertoire at all. Like she, you know, mm. it was, it, I wish you guys could have seen her reaction because she was like kind of tired, like, you know, just sitting there in bed. And she woke like, up. Fuck? Like you write rap? What do you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, John, you'll have to add a uh, rap lyricist to your uh, to your title on your business cards. Dude, that'd be so cool though, like on my LinkedIn to like have like rap <laughs> like a rap, rap lyricist. How many guys have a stoic rap album? I mean, me and Jer- Jeremy and I. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. I'm going to be that guy who like I'm going to get like actual like CDs and be that guy who like passes out his mixtape. Uh, yo, bro, this is my mixtape, you know? I'm on the come up. I swear to god. You're like wearing a trench coat, you know. Tim's. I, I'd buy that mixed in. No, you got to be wearing that scarf on your head, whatever it's called. Well, I would, I would make. Um... <laughs> yeah, what is that called? The toque. What do you mean? What, it's a silk the, scarf. Oh, it's silk scarf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Oh no, it's a. Uh, um. Um. I can't there was, a, the, there was a fancy name for it. Burst all right, we're all we're all yawning because it's our bedtime. So uh, except Amber. I'm not yawning. Actually, this is, it's just know. John and I. So yeah, this is the, this yeah. is the bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Incredible. guys. See you next week. Wow, I hated that episode. It was so good. listeners thanks so much for tuning in this week as usual you can find us on instagram at the weekly call pod or through email at the weekly call pod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material and just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today the intro and outro music was brought to you today by william scott thompson you can find him on spotify under that name he has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well thanks so much for tuning in this week guys we'll see you soon